Hello, this is Alex Schiffer of the Kansas City Star, your Missouri beat writer. I'm about to be joined by Sam Mellinger, and we are going to break down Missouri's loss to South Carolina and the beating that awaits them at Alabama. I guess we should start discussing this game by everything that could have happened if Missouri won. So if Missouri wins this game, Barry Odom's not in the hot seat for the rest of the season. Nine and eight wins are very practical. Ten isn't crazy talk. Yeah. And assuming Drew Locke played well, he's his performance against Georgia that was in eh, is probably forgiven in the sense of the NFL people. Now that everything happened, uh, let's see. LSU just lost to Florida. Kentucky's yeah. currently ranked. They're still playing, I believe. They're up. Uh, I just saw they're up. It's early, but they're up on a now. Um, yeah, it doesn't the, look good, man. Yeah, um, so seven wins. I mean, I still think Tennessee well, and Arkansas are wins. Uh, Van- Memphis for homecoming should be a win. And then assuming they get Vanderbilt at home. Seven wins is still practical. I mean, the, I, it's it's amazing how quickly the forecast changed. It, it's kind of symbolic of, I wrote about the third quarter and how the incoming rain was kind of symbolic of just how Missouri was about to play at the start of the second half. Right. You know, we went into this game thinking this is a very beatable team. And, and for the second week in a row, Missouri showed it can hang. I mean, it, it was the better team today in terms of offense and everything. And it had one bad quarter, really just two bad drives. And to quote Bob Huggins, my freshman year to my roommate, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot. They shot themselves in the face. <laughs> Did he say that? Yes. It's a good line. Yeah, it was great. It's a good line. Um, yeah. I mean, I think like there's a lot that's frustrating about this. Um, at the top of the list is the fact that it's in the first time. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it just seemed that it's the same stuff. Yeah. Uh, like all the time. And and it's it's after, no, 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 no we, we fixed it. You know, we, we've learned from it. We're going to be better going forward. And and the other thing is that this isn't just any season. I know, like, it's only Barry Odom's third third year and whatever. You, you, you can judge on a curve on that. But the fact is he's a defensive coordinator as the head coach, and he has a gift – in an NFL-ready senior quarterback mm-hmm. who turned down the draft to come back. And and so, you know, stuff like that, um, even like in, in the micro, like talk about um, uh, South Carolina's last drive. You want to get some pressure? You know, you want to send some guys? Where is the pass rush? Like, they didn't have anything on him today. Nothing. And I, I don't I don't understand that. And look, like, um, you know, it is factually correct that Mizzou got a lot of bad breaks. Um, uh, All the uh, overturned calls. Yeah. Well, Muschamp worked that really well today. Yeah. He, everything he questioned turned out that he was like a philosopher. Is, are we sure about that? I, I still and, don't know what they saw in Crockett's. It would have been a 70-yard I didn't down. think that was enough to overturn it. I thought Cam Scott's was just – I don't think every ref calls it like that. Yeah. You know, his, his butt was down, and uh-huh. he just kind of like – Figured the play was over. I don't know if every ref gives him a bad break like that. Yeah. That was just a – I've never seen that before. Yeah. Like, that was just a weird deal all yeah. around. But here's the deal. Like, the it, it's also true that, okay, you get a bad break, but 
nobody gets every break in a football game and feel free to not implode right after, you know, Crockett's touchdown yeah. turns into they got know, as first close to the two the yard line. They got as close to the two yard line that drive after Crockett's and they got no points out of that. Yeah. That was a missed field goal. It went, um, I thought that was that was the false start, unsportsmanlike conduct, false start. That was the drive punt, that right? ended with the drop yeah. punt. But yeah, then yeah. the ensuing drive. Yeah, then they, yeah they. I mean, yeah. it's just it's it's agonizing. You know what I mean? And and you know, me and you aren't the ones like in uniform. Like, yeah, you know, given everything, it, it's just it, it's the same stuff. And you know, year three, you would think they'd be back from it. Like the thing I kept thinking about too, over um, you know, in the post game, is you know, uh, Drew Locke, Barry Odom, some other guys that. that they're saying, like, we can handle this, you know, like, we've been through this before. Like, that's what Julak said. We, a thousand times we've been through this before. And you're kind of like, that's the problem. You know, you've <laughs> yeah. been through this a thousand times before. You know, you have these four or five games. I mean, they won the last two in a row now. It'll be three after Alabama. Yeah. Um, they'll beat Memphis, right? But, like, you know, you, every season seems to have these, like, sort of, you know, it's just a crisis in the middle. Of what, what made it kind of funny to me, you're talking about all that we've been to before and, and we're going to bounce back. And I still like my team. Like, I feel like even Barry was well taking this with a grain of salt because you're going to get destroyed next week. So yeah. I, I almost feel like all of the, the motivational coach speak and that we're going to fix this. Like it's like embargoed for a week just because <laughs> we all know. I mean, we were talking about this out here before we came in. What's the best case scenario next week? I mean, Tua Tagovailoa is the runaway favorite for the Heisman. They're like they had some ridiculous. This is from like earlier in the week. It probably got it either went up today if it could or like stayed there. It was like they were like ninety something percent on third down conversions. Alabama like with this secondary and that Tua's not even going to get touched on. Yeah, he could he could throw from a lawn chair if he wanted to on next Saturday. I mean, they have nothing to threaten any teams with defensively. Offensively, I think it's impressive how they're kind of – I thought it was impressive in the first half. Without your two senior wideouts in Emmanuel Hall and Nate Brown, the young guys look decent. Jalen Knox almost had a touchdown there too. Yeah. Will Muschamp must have 20-20 vision with how he knew yeah. that, you know, yeah. knee was down at the half-yard line and yeah. all that. But the running game looked great and the tight ends looked decent. It was interesting they didn't throw to the tight ends more early on before the rain came. But after that, it was just – it. The deep ball is just not there for them right now. The running game was great. Yeah, um, I, I think this is right. I'm off the top of my head, but I think this is right. They had the, those three running backs, so don't count um, Drew Locke had some runs. Mm-hmm. But the three running backs, I think, had 293 yards on 39 carries. It was something like that. Yeah, I think it was, it was 289. Last number I saw might have been 289, but so, so, I'm bad at math, too, <laughs> so I should check that. They, they were, like, running through tackles. Mm-hmm. You know, and the offensive line gave them the ball. You know, yeah. sometimes it's like, well, geez, with that offensive line, who mm-hmm. wouldn't have run for a lot of yards? And sometimes the running backs are doing it all on their own. But that was that was both. Like they, they were kicking South Carolina's ass at the line of scrimmage offensively. Uh, but Drew Locke had and looked like the third quarter was weird. You know, mm-hmm. it was really weird. Yes. Um, but there were two teams on the field in the third quarter. Uh, you know, so so that doesn't have to mean that, that, that you implode. But anyway, through the weather. He had a bad game. That pick six was absolutely atrocious. And, you know, people – I think the Drew Locke debate just comes down to this with, with fans and with media and everybody. He's a four-year starter. As you said, they've, they've been through all this before. Yeah. He's, they have a Heisman campaign for him, which is like in the current state of the dinosaurs right now. Yeah. And they had five – counted six or seven NFL scouts here today – 
you can't continue to give him a break if you're going to evaluate him as a potential NFL first-round pick because he's not going to have – he could get drafted to a team that doesn't have a ton of good receivers or doesn't have a lot around him. And he and what teams are looking for is his ability to keep Missouri competitive in games they shouldn't be, which will be the big thing for the next week. And it – that there, there was no – there was nobody looking at him on that side of the field when he threw that ball – and it was two. It was the third play in a series where they just gave South Carolina the lead. Yeah. There was there was not a single positive takeaway or, or single excuse you can have for him on that play. No, it was it was careless uh, in a moment that you absolutely cannot be careless. I mean, it was just it was a gift of a seven points, and like he's always going to get the benefit of the doubt because he's got the body. Um, he's got the arm for mm-hmm. sure. You know, I mean, he, he checks all those boxes. He's athletic. Um, but you know, th- there, there's a huge, there's a big gap, you know, in, in the NFL of the guys that check those boxes and mm-hmm. the guys that, that really have success and look like, I, I think that Drew Locke can have success and I certainly don't, um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get my mind completely swayed by one game, but it's just, you know, that's the kind of, you know, sort of. And I get it. It's chaotic. Um, all that stuff is going on. But that's the kind of mistake that you'd hope your four-year starting senior quarterback yeah. who came back from the draft to to play this one more year, you just hope he's behind moments or beyond uh, moments like that. Yeah, and we're next week we'll mark the halfway point of the season, and it's his senior year. My whole thing is, is had they beaten Georgia, it would have been a, a moment for his legacy. You know, he hasn't beaten anybody that has a winning record. We talked about – let's just say their final games are that they win are Memphis, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. You know, what What will he be remembered as? You know, I think some people, again, that are his loyalists, he had three offensive coordinators, two coaches. You know, it was a very turbulent time. He was here with the protests and everything that went on with that, thrown in the fire as a freshman. I think there will always be a little bit of a card he'll have to play. Of like, you know, look, I, I didn't have a lot of stability and all that, but – I just think the clock is kind of running out for him to really have a game where they win because he's the reason. And he kind of shows what he was always touted to be. You know, they're not winning at Alabama. They'll have Florida in the swamp. Maybe they're still ranked there and they love Kentucky at home. will probably still be ranked. Okay. maybe And let's just say they, they win both those games and maybe the season goes a little better than we thought. You know, it's still not a, a landmark name like a Georgia or, yeah. you know, Florida in the swamp. I guess is a little bit of a de- big deal, but no, that'd be a hell of a man. Yeah, but but it's just, it's just I think just the clock is ticking on him to really sure. kind of show what he should have been. Purdue was was you know a, a step you would think just the way that game happened. You know, yeah, so doing it at the end. Um, he had one sort of just outrageous throw, um, the touchdown on this kind of a deep slant, um, you know, from from the left sideline. And I mean, he he had some really good moments, um, but. I don't know. Like I, f- I feel like if you if if it goes the way that it feels like it might go right now, it's going to be like, man, so talented, um, NFL draft pick. Hopefully, he has a great career. Mm-hmm. Uh, State in state, you know, to to go to his school. Triple legacy. His dad and grandfather played yeah, for Mizzou. But 
gosh, I wish it, you know, yeah. there, there would have been a few more wins. I, I think that's kind of how it goes. And, and he'll be a guy, no mm-hmm. matter what happens the rest of the year, he'll be a guy they introduce on the field, mm-hmm. you know, during games. Yeah, in the future. Like absolutely. When, when he's in the NFL, he'll come back on a bye week and, you know, he'll, he'll do all that stuff. But, you know, really good athletes, great athletes, they'll, they'll, they'll talk about, like, get greedy, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so he's got that. But getting greedy means – you know, something else getting greedy means turning that Heisman campaign into something that, that gets traction. You know what I mean? And it's hard to see that happening right now. I agree. We have a question from Ron. So if this was already asked, but what was Odom's demeanor like in the press conference? I, I kind of think he was biting his tongue. I think he really wanted hundred percent. He, oh my gosh. he yeah. really, I think he really wanted to say a number of things, but he, um, he was trying to just be calm. I don't know. Maybe he's saving it for next week when they, lose 50 to seven at Bama. Yeah. But the, the one thing that I kind of was surprised about was Tucker McCann, you know, he, I had a couple of people text me about this, how he, you know, Odom said it was a miscommunication. He, he pretty much threw McCann under the bus. He did not mm-hmm. give any, he didn't make it seem at all that uh, there was an onside kick call and he didn't, you know, he pretty much said McCann did this all on his own a little bit and maybe misread a signal, but, I'm just kind of surprised he went that way because McCann's had kicking problems throughout his career. Another thing that's not new and has happened before. Sure. And, you know, given that it's not a lock that he's getting, I mean, he missed a chip shot 25 yards. Even in the rain, I feel like you should make that. Yeah. I just don't think that was a good thing mentality-wise for your kicker. You already know he's inconsistent, and you're going to just kind of pin that hole. You pretty much yeah. – Tucker McCann was the entire reason that South Carolina tied the game at seven early on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was um, that was such a weird thing too because it very clearly looked like, you know, the 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 ten guys on kickoff coverage did not expect that to be an onside kick. The onside kick didn't even get to ten yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that that was a really weird. I, like, I would I would describe Barry Odom post game like it was just it was successful restraint. It was good. Like, I like that. That's, that's how, I like that. That's how I and and I didn't think about you. You just made a good point. Um, a little bit ago, so congratulations on that. But when you said like <laughs> he might have Alabama next week in his head, like you know now's not the time. Yeah, right? um, it's never the time, right? Um, to just fly off the handle or whatever. But now's certainly not the time to say like it stops now. You know, like <laughs> get on or get off. Like now's not the time. Like next week, yeah, when it's sixty six to twenty one or whatever. Um, you know, maybe then. Maybe that's the time to 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 pull this out when you know you got Memphis and some other things like that. Yeah, it's funny you say that because when he was saying uh, when you asked him about you know do you want to see some anger and everything, he's like you know yeah that's why uh, I was late coming in here and everything. Uh-huh. I was in the back of my head. I was thinking like, is he going to say or the players going to say something about having like a, a special meeting in the uh-huh. locker room and everything? I said to myself like, even if they did, they can't say that now. Like they have Bama waiting. Like yeah. like I feel like common sense is too strong and where they're like we can't. If there's a players only meeting, it'll be after next Saturday's game and and that kind of stuff will come out just because what what do they have to gain by saying that now? You know what I mean? I, again, like is everything they said about it being fixed and we're gonna get our act together, no more loot. Therese Hall said no more losing. I saw yeah. that. Like yeah. like I, I if that you were in that scrum, but I almost want to say after next Saturday, right? right? right. Like like everyone knows just what's gonna happen next week. So Yeah, yeah I can't remember the exact quote, but uh, Therese Hall, it was, it was something like you know, we can't lose anymore. And I, you know, it's one of those things like, 
you're a proud athlete. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, at that point, maybe 20 minutes after the game was over fit mm-hmm. at the most, you know, maybe 15 or whatever, you know, maybe you say some things. Uh, and, and the other part that he said was, you know, like from now on, I promise you this, uh, you know, somebody's going to play us. They're going to have to play. They're going to have to strap it on, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But again, you know, like the, the question about this group, it's never been about effort. Yeah. Right? It's never been about like, do they care enough? Do they work hard enough? It's been about like, do they make too many mistakes? And all the penalties yeah. were, were just right? the, the thing that blew my mind, you know, like the Demaria Crockett thing. I mean, Case Cook got called for holding Albert O, jumped the gun, but just it was four, it was three penalties in one drive, like almost all in succession. Yeah. They go from the 10 and a half yard line all the way back, and that drive ended up at, at their own 47 after the, the botched punt attempt. You can't make it, it kind of reminds me of Mets injuries just because that, that was the fanhood I grew up on, just like how you can't make this stuff up. And it's just like this is mostly an upperclassman team. You know, again, Barry just kind of keeps saying how we're going to get it fixed. Like, like this should be the, the, the last thing you worry about. Like, if it's just if, if like next week at Alabama, if they're more talented, like, so be it. They're supposed to be. But like, if these are the things that cost you, it's, it's the same thing with Georgia. They just give teams points from these stupid things. And it's like, how, you know, where does that fall? I mean, at the end of the day, it's on Barry Odom as the, yeah. as the head coach, but you know, and again, Locke, that was his own throw. I guess McCann, you know, will we'll say that was his own uh, decision with, with an asterisk just because some, you know, it was just bizarre in nature, but you know, I think Barry's too smart to, to not acknowledge that this can't be their downfall when you're Missouri. And it can't be your downfall in year three. Yeah, it's yeah because they are uh, uh, talented, like athletically, they're they're talented enough to win in the SEC. Athletically, they're just not nobody's this talented to mm-hmm. to play through well Alabama, whatever. Like you know, they're certainly not so talented that they can play through all this. It's just mm-hmm. um, after the bye week too. You know, like everything that happened against Georgia, and then you have a bye week to. You know, sort of get your act together. Yeah, Um, you're playing a backup quarterback. You're up nine and a half. It's just, uh, it's just disheartening. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports. Whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K State, and no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. It's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town, just $0.08 a day or $2.50 a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at KansasCity.com slash Sports Pass. One takeaway I did have that is kind of irrelevant now, but I was really impressed with Derek Dooley as an offensive coordinator today. I mean, he has some very creative formations. You know, when Dave was talking to me, when, when the offense sticks to schedule and doesn't do anything stupid, like, he knows what he's doing. I mean, that play call with Sam Bailey, offensive awesome. lineman, yeah, and you have Yasir Durant lined up as a slot so receiver, 6'7", cool. offensive tackle. Like, yeah. he, he clearly knows how to get creative. I, I think – 
I think a little more than Josh Heupel because Josh Heupel, his receivers had like 12 routes. The tight ends only really popped on play action. I think Derek Dooley knows what he has in each player and knows how to kind of get creative. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he got a call from someone at the end of the year, maybe to be a, an offensive coordinator for them. Or I think his phone will be ringing for like a job with a better program just because he has shown being in a different position than he's ever been before that he knows offense, he knows personnel and he knows how to adapt to the looks defenses are giving you. And yeah. in the first half, I mean, he, he looked like a Broyles Ward finalist and then reality hit with the second half and everything. And, and again, the lock pick isn't his fault. For sure. um, the penalties aren't his fault. I mean, he can't, he can call the plays. He can't do them yeah. for his players. I mean, I thought, I think so far this season with him being one of the big unknowns going in, like I don't, I think he's been pretty, yeah. pretty good. Nobody wants to hear about it because of the way the game ended, but that tackle eligible play was so cool. I just don't know that I've ever seen something like that. Oh, I have where, yeah. where, where the guy goes that far down the field mm-hmm. on a tackle eligible. And and it worked so well that I forgot who it was, but there was a guy uh, running on, on the, on the, the seam on the right side. Mm-hmm. And he was the, the play worked so well that that guy, that receiver was basically like jaw uncovered and also just jogging because he knew Samson Bailey was that wide open. Yeah. And that's where the ball was. I mean, it was just, it was such a cool play. They stretched him out and then just tacked him down the middle. It was gorgeous. Yeah. God, that was great. <laughs> the one little thing after that went yeah. <laughs> downhill. The God, one sliver. Um, no Emmanuel Hall and Nate Brown today. That obviously really hurt them. Yeah. Emmanuel Hall has been banged up now two or three games. That was another thing you thought the bye week would take care of. Yeah. I even wonder if you're Missouri, do you bench him against Alabama just because what's there to gain from bringing him back? I mean, they know what they have in him. They know what the offense is with him, but he's so valuable to them, clearly. Why put him in against Bama? He gets popped again. You risk losing him the rest of the year when you're very much going to need him. I I would vote in favor of, of keeping him out next week just as a precaution. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like it, it, That's one, one of those weird things, like, people like you and me and, and people watching this and mm-hmm. listening to this can, like, think like that. Mm-hmm. But there's sometimes there's a, a disconnect between I, – I think that's the best thing for Mizzou, you know, in 2018. Long term, yes. But, like, is that is that a thing that a coach can do? That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is that a thing that, that Barry Odom can be like, Anyway, you know, like let's, yeah. you know, whatever. I don't know if they can go that far, but yeah, it's it, it probably would be the best thing, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, he's he's clearly a little. I don't know how to describe. You know, I was telling, I was might have been DMing Therese about this, but he kind of reminds me of Jeremy Macklin a little bit from both Mizzou and his Chiefs days, where like he would get hit and he'd come out for a little bit, and you're wondering like, is he hurt? <laughs> and what's the deal? And then like he comes back in the next day and or the next play, and you're like, okay, I guess. I guess that wasn't what I thought it was. And then other times he doesn't he doesn't get a big hit or doesn't look as dinged up and then he just disappears and you're like, wait, he's on the sidelines with his helmet off. So he just he reminds me of J Mac in that sense of you can never really tell when he's healthy, you can never really tell when he's hurt yeah. until until someone someone says it or I don't know. It's just, he's it's just a weird case with him and how how his his body handles certain things. Again, I've never I've played recess football so i can't speak for any of the hits these guys take but you know um any questions from anybody not really i've been asking everybody that wait uh, does this law change your outlook on the rest of the season yeah i mean i think 
I think the big, the biggest thing now is I still think seven wins are possible, maybe even eight if they steal one. But I think I think Barry Odom's seat is warm even if they get seven wins because of everything they've left on the table. Uh, that's an interesting question. And and six and six, it gets this. very interesting. Yeah, I think six and six. There's a especially that buyout is so low. It's nothing. Know, it, it it almost cost them less to fire him. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the replacement they probably have to pay more, but um, that buyout that's basically like a buy me out buyout. Yeah, you know, like that, that. There was no job security Mm-mm. in in that number. Um, you know, I think it's it's probably too. They're certainly not going to fire him, barring something just catastrophic. They're not going to mm-hmm. fire him before the season's over. Um, but it's 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 it, it's in play now. Yeah, you know, it's in play, and you know. Now you got to think back and like thank God for the Purdue game and, mm-hmm. and pulling that out uh, because how much different does it look if you know if that game went the other way? Um, but I, I think it does. It, it's a weird it's a weird outcome because in some ways, again, like athletically at the line of scrimmage, you know they kick South Carolina's ass, um, especially in the run game when they had the ball, and so that should play. Mm-hmm. You know those kinds of things should play mm-hmm. going down the road, but like. They also blow games. They yeah. also make all these mistakes, and so I, I don't know that you can trust them. I just the, the the problem is if this starts to go like this, and and we've seen that happen, and they mm-hmm. they they end up pulling out mm-hmm. right um, at, at the end of the season, they'll lose five in a row, and then they'll win two or three or whatever. Um, they they can pull out of it, but you don't want that to happen again because that, that that was a dejected bunch. After yeah, this game, and it should have been. Yeah, the. Th- to me that's interesting about all this is I definitely think they made the right move by keeping him last year regardless of the win streak because there was so much hiring turnover in the SEC I mean Arkansas first year head coach this year uh Tennessee all these guys now this year Missouri's kind of one of the more lucrative jobs that were to come open because really there won't be that much turnover in the SEC this year all these guys Jeremy Pruitt um Who's a Florida? Uh, I always forget the Florida coach's name. Um, Dan, this has been a long day for us, guys. Um, Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen of Florida, Mississippi State. All these guys are going to get longer leashes. Chad Morris at Arkansas is a mess right now. So Missouri will be one of the only bigger – might be the only job open in the SEC should it come open. So there is, with everyone else just kind of cleaning house – there is an advantage to Missouri opening up this year. Now, I don't know. I don't really think there's a, you know, like a Matt Campbell, like some young and up and coming name that like is the guy you have to get. Yeah. But, um, but I do think that there's more legs this year than last year, given the way the rest of the coaching carousel went to, if I, I guess I'll put it this way. If it's a weird spot, like a six and six, Maybe a little less seven to five and eight and four, depending upon how eight and four he's safe. But if it's a weird seven and five or a you know obviously a six and six, I don't think it's in Barry Odom's favor that fifty fifty split. I don't think it's in his favor because of the way the rest of the Power Five conferences are right now. No, that's a good point. I I wouldn't have thought about that. That's a good point. Oh, that's two good that's, points for me two. today. Damn, that is two. Damn. Um. All right, we've been going almost a half hour. Uh. I've been asking everybody else this uh, that's joined me. Yavahe Blair, I'm just curious, what's your Chiefs prediction for tomorrow? It's kind of like a segue. I think they'll lose. I think this is the one. So, so this is, is probably still Pat Mahomes magic after the game or... tomorrow, isn't it? So I'm going to look like a 
you're a lady. Yeah. Uh, no, I just think like they're not going to go 19 and 0, and 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 specifically they're not going to lose um, or they're not going to win. I don't think the next two games mm-hmm. they're playing. I know Leonard Fournette's out, but they're playing Jacksonville uh, on a short week. Mm-hmm. You know, they played Monday. Uh, Jacksonville played Sunday, and uh, it's like the best one of the best, either the best or second or third, whatever, top three defense in the league. Somebody's going to punch him in the face. Uh, and then after that, they get uh, Bill England. Belichick on 10 days to, to plan at New England. Uh, so I don't think they'll win both of those. If they do, then I'm going to pick them to win every game between now and 2030, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It just feels like one of those games that this might this might be a, a step back. Interesting. Is it? Will there still be Pat Mahomes magic of some sort? Yeah, or? I mean, like everybody, everybody, like and 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 you know, full disclosure, like me, very much included, like is so all in on him anyway mm-hmm. that you know we feel like there's some skin in the game. Like you know, I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> I don't want to be that wrong. Uh, but he's a uh, look, man. Like um, as much as I sit here and say, like I think if I have to pick, like I think it's like a fifty-five forty-five thing, right? Like mm-hmm. that they lose, but that would be my pick. Um, you know, this is a challenge that he hasn't faced yet. Uh, best defense he's ever faced, and that's all true. But like every challenge that he's had so far, he hasn't just passed, but it's been an A plus. Mm-hmm. You know, um, played like crap really in the first half against Denver on the road, prime time rival Monday best, night. At that point, the best defense he had ever faced, uh, and then comes out in the second half and is just outrageously good. You know, outrageously good, and not just the left handed pass is like the highlight or whatever. Um, but there was so much more to it. Um, so anyway, like I think this is a loss, but uh, it certainly wouldn't surprise me even a little bit if uh, if, if they win and if mm-hmm. he throws for 350 yards or whatever. Fun fact, uh, Missouri, when they played at LSU in 2016, and Les Miles got fired, everyone thought they were going to win because Leonard Fournette was out aside from Les Miles getting sacked. <laughs> and obviously that was a blowout yeah. loss in their favor, so maybe that happens. I'm just curious on the last thing, and I feel like, Drew Locke, again, as you said, he lost money on that pick six. In general, though, what have you thought of the Drew Locke, Patrick Mahomes comparisons? It's a minute. I know Todd McShay called him a poor man's Patrick Mahomes. I think they both have good arms. I think Patrick Mahomes' arm is way better than Drew Locke's, yeah. the deep ball and all that stuff. Um, I talked to some NFL scouts about this when I did my list, where they also think that Mahomes' IQ for his age is just on another level. And I also think that, I mean – and I, I also think that, and I'm not just trying to use the left-handed pass, but I also think that when Mahomes improvises, it pays off. Yeah. We saw today what Drew's improv skills look like a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't like that comparison. I don't like – I think a lot of times we go overboard with comparisons anyway. Like, I think that's going to be the thing for this NFL draft of, like, the next Patrick Mahomes. No, like totally, the, yeah. totally. But like whether it's Drew or someone else, yeah. But like Patrick Mahomes is supposed to be like the next Brett Favre. Like that's been the thing that they've been talking about yeah. with him. Um, no, I mean I, I think Pat is significantly more talented than Drew Locke, and I say that about a guy that will probably go in the first round. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like but he's just a, a different level. The the um, you know creativity, uh, the ability to throw on the run. Um, you know, these are all good. Like I'm not knocking Drew Locke. Like he's mm-hmm. good at these things, but Pat is just on, you know, just sort of a different, even just physically. And I think that's the thing that is, is super attractive for NFL teams when it comes to Drew Locke, but just physically Pat is different. Like mm-hmm. he just is the, um, like, again, just the, the ability to throw on the run. Um, you know, actually like it's funny you're asking this question because on that last Hail Mary 
I, I like did it. And, and again, I'm like you, I'm bad at math, but I think he threw it about 60 yards. Yeah. I was trying to figure out some rough math too, of how he threw it around the 20, 25 and it got to about he threw it at the yeah, 25. Yeah. And it got to about the 15 or so. So that would be 60 and it went across the field a little bit. Yeah. You know, Pat threw it 70 in Atlanta and he was off balance and getting hit while he threw mm-hmm. it. You know, one of his uh, high school friends swears he's seen him throw 85 yards. Like the, the, the arm, you know, that throw against San Francisco where he scrambled left ditch, turned around, almost fell down, came back and threw a touchdown to Chris Conley in the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Apparently that ball sidearm went 62 miles an hour or something like that. Wow. I mean, it's just like, it's it, he's different, but here's the here's the other thing that's true. Like, um, uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are going to have like great NFL careers and not be as talented as Patrick Mahomes. So that's like not, yeah, you know what I mean. Well, you know, Drew has told me in the past, he's like, you know, all the NFL scouts not to be on the deep ball, but when you take as many shots downfield as we do, it's inevitable that you're going to miss a decent amount. Whenever he brings that up, and I see Pat Mahomes in the comparison, like when Pat takes, like you talked about the 70 yard touchdown, like. When he takes the shots downfield, like he's either on the money or like pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. Like you talked about, like the next level and and kind of just how he's different. Like that's where I kind of agree. Where I don't think Drew's wrong when he says that when you take as many shots downfield as we do, like the numbers are going to look not great. But Pat is able to like still make them look pretty damn good given what yeah. they do because of. His talent. Yeah, it's it's just it's a different level. But like I thought the um you know, we've been talking about all the mistakes that, that ball to Jay really early. To, yeah, that, that was, was great that ball. was on the money, yeah. That was a great ball. Um and the coverage was there mm-hmm. and but the ball was perfect. Um and then there was another one early first quarter, right? Um shoot, I keep forgetting like the receiver where you just got like Almost like horse collared or yeah. like clotheslined or whatever, yeah. like pass interference. I mean, that was a good ball. Like, you know, he, he put it right throw. that window. Yeah. He had it right in the window. That wasn't he's his fault. Yeah, he's making a big time. He's the kind of guy that if if your NFL team needs a quarterback and they're drafting, you know, somewhere in the first round, he's in play. And mm-hmm. and there's a there's more than enough there to dream on. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. We've been going at it almost 35 minutes. Wow. Um, you got anything else? Good, man. Uh, I guess I'm thanks, starving. Thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for coming to show, hang with but, me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't have any. I don't have Aaron anymore, so I got to have something. You know, it's like SNL. We have a new guest every week. Um, Tisa Mellinger, I'm Alex Schifford. Thank you guys for joining us. I, I don't know what we're gonna do in Alabama next week. Maybe I go live and I talk for ten minutes about <laughs> the the few first downs they had or something like that. But we'll see.